Welcome to episode 601 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 601 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Could you just kind of build into that, don't you? Yeah, you start off quietly. Yeah, I thought yeah. Bevan's a little quiet yeah, today. Was, build uh, up and up and up and up. Boom. The voice is a journey, John. Yeah. The voice is a journey. I'm good, Bevan. It's 8.35 on a I Tuesday morning. I didn't even ask morning. you how you are, but oh, how are you, John? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday morning, got a couple of hours of work in the bank already. Same. I was really? up at 5 o'clock. Yep. Did a couple of hours of work, then taught a class, come back here. I'm a, we're hardworking men, John. Although, tell you what, I did a podcast on my other show, the Bevan James Old Show, yesterday with a guy called Richard Dennis. Wrote the book Affluenza. Have you heard of the term affluenza? Mm. Yeah, well, he wrote the book, mm. and uh, and he's written a new book called Curing Affluenza. And highly recommend you guys listen to it. Affluenza basically is when the things you own kind of define who you are. And and in his first book, he talks about how um, if you look at countries that are more focus on affluenza and tend to be more capitalistic countries mm-hmm. the more depression there is and it kind of goes into this and then so great interview really enjoyed it so if you want to check that out go to bevanjamesisles.com and you can check it out there but other than that John this show I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Extreme Endurance your lactic buffer and our patrons let's name a few John Matt Don't Walk Over Me Anderson <laughs> that's gold <laughs> David Trimmer Gridge is it meant to be Hedge or Gridge? Gidge. Gidge. Yes, that's why it's trimmer. It yep, sounds yep, like Hedge. Yep, yep. Uh, Tony Buckelin Buckingham. Buckelin Buckingham. If you want a cool nickname like that, you go to www.imtalk.me. It's all pretty clear on the website, guys. This week's show, we've got some news. We've got a discussion of the week. We've got an age group of the week. We've got an interview of Keith Ryger. He is the man in charge of the crazy... Is he in charge, is he? Uh, we'll find out later. <laughs> We've done the interview. He, he's involved with uh, the f- doing five Code iron five. distance, kind of five, five iron distance sort of training sessions, races, whatever you want to call them, uh, in five days on Kona. Yep, there you go. So Not to be confused with the Epic Five, which is five Ironmans and five different islands. This is just... I was confused by that, to be honest. Yeah, I know you were. Yeah, but although I am easily I confused. see that in yeah. the email yeah. chain. <laughs> yep. Uh, winger of the week and questions and answers at the end. John, the, probably the biggest news we have this week is it seems that Collins Cup isn't happening this year. doesn't seem it isn't. Yeah. So, real shame. But, um, you know, if you're doing these things, you've got, you got to do them properly. And when we were at Challenge Wrote last year, you know, it really was... Boom, they'd only sorted it out, you know, in the weeks, days leading into the race and we're really trying to pitch for this year in July and it just seems that time's run out in terms of getting the big backing and so you've got to feel that if they're going to do this, they've got to do it properly or not at all because if they come in here with, you know, good prize money but not out-of-the-park prize money, you're not going to draw the stars, it's just not going to work, it's just going to fizzle out, so... You know, and the key to getting that big prize money is getting the, the TV deals, wasn't it? Mm. So there's good news and bad news here. So the bad news is it's not happening. but um, it, it is disappointing. Very disappointing. Especially but because now we hope it happens in 2019. Mm. Um, but it was an exciting thing that was on the calendar for this year. Like imagine if it had happened, it would have been probably, other than Kona, the event of the year. I agree. But at this stage, it's too late. You know, people would have, the key, key players have probably already got their seasons fairly well mapped out. And so you do need to give them loads of notice so um, so when does it need to be confirmed by you know like if, if you're saying that I get what you're saying there is the athletes need the time to plan the year so if we are saying that's the case we want it confirmed by when 
you'd want a year out ideally, but worst case scenario, it would be Kona time because you know everybody, the who's who of the iron distance world is either going to be training for Kona, uh, and then the short course guys will be trying to peak for um, 70.3 champs in September. So around about that time gives people plenty of notice. They'll have their Kona ticket sorted. They'll they won't be um, probably won't be qualified up for Kona, so they'll be able to figure out their path to try to get back next year. So yeah, you got to as soon as possible, but worst case by Kona. So if they'd announced it in now, in January, they might have already missed the boat on a few things. So that's the negative news. Do you think um, having it next year hurts it because it's so close to the Olympics? Like we won't get the short course guys? Oh, I think you would have only got a smattering of the short course guys anyway because it really is half yeah. Ironman athletes okay. in the full. So um, on the positive side, yeah, this is cool. Challenge wrote, Two hundred thousand US dollars prize money. So they stepped up last year. The previous total was seventy three thousand euro. Now they're going to offer two hundred thousand euro. Two hundred thousand dollars. Well, I'm pretty sure it's two hundred thousand dollars and forty thousand pound. They've got all different kinds. Of <laughs> They've got three different currencies. <laughs> euro, here. dollar, and pound. <laughs> maybe dollar for the winners. Forty thousand US for the winners. Maybe. Um, so that's a big step up. It is, and they probably need to too, don't they? Oh, absolutely, because. Uh, uh, Ironman Germany in Frankfurt is the week later, and that has $150,000 uh, prize purse, plus it has a draw card of a couple of you know, extra cone slots. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great move. I, th- I do think it's a really solid, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of money in terms of our world of Ironman racing for the pro athletes, but they'll, they'll definitely need to go the next step to probably try to pay appearance fees and things like that to get the real big hitters. And, and I, I certainly wonder, think it'll help. I wonder as well, because... You know, and like, Challenge probably knew it wasn't going to happen in 2018 anyway with the Collins Cup. They probably knew it probably a little bit further back than what we know. But because they were banking on that, they probably, how hard did they chase some of the top pros up to this point in time? Mm. You know, because if Collins Cup was happening, everyone was going to be in Britain that day. And in some ways, it made it cheap for them because the pro race would have been a bit of a known event in the Challenge race. But now, because that's not happened, as the they had to kind of increase the prize money to get more pros there. So, yeah, yeah, so no, it's it's an amazing race. We're going to be over there. So uh, if you haven't signed up, you kind of missed out. But uh, it should be some awesome racing, irrespective of what pros they get, they get there. It's just an amazing event. So looking forward to that. And we'll be doing our rote coverage, but like what we did that last year, you know, interviewing the camp athletes and then uh, getting as many of those post-race and pre-race interviews with the big kahunas as possible. Okay, we had the, uh, the Tauranga, the Mount. This is one of the most longest standing sort of long distance races in New Zealand, so not going to mean a lot to a lot of you guys elsewhere in the world, but uh, it's been around for a long, long time. Beautiful course, well, flat bike, lovely run, really iconic sort of holiday spot uh, in New Zealand. On the girls' side of things, Mel Halsteit jumped over the Tasman Sea and uh, took it out fairly convincingly over Teresa Adam, who used to be a short course girl, and Amelia Watkinson uh, was in third place. So Melissa Halstein won by seven minutes um, by crushing the bike and crushing the run. And then on the guys' side of things, uh, we had a really good race between our two Christchurch fellas. Uh, Dylan McNeese ended up taking it out, which you wouldn't normally expect when it comes down to a a running race. race. Yeah. Yeah, So he came off the bike and was running with Mike Phillips and managed to run away from Mike Phillips. And took it so out. they come off the bike at the same time, did they? Well, I saw a picture of them running together, so I would assume at some, some stage, stage yeah. they, they were together. Uh, he took it out in three fifty four, um, not you know about a minute and a half in front of Mike Phillips, and then Cam Brown came through with the fastest run split of the day to finish in third place. So, 
yeah, good to good to see the Christchurch crew taking it, and Brownie's still uh, still racing strong. She's very yeah, you one sixteen, not too sh- not too shit because it's not a flat course, is it? It's it's fairly flat, but it, you, you run around the the mount, which has got a few undulations and a bit of off roads. So yeah, he still runs well. But you've really got to say, as Brownie's getting older, his swim is getting worse. You know, he swam twenty seven fifty two as opposed to Dylan's twenty five oh three. So over two k, he lost two minutes and fifty seconds. May have been a reason for it, um, but his bike and his run is still right up there. Which is interesting, really, because you think the run would be the thing that would be slowing down, wouldn't you? Normally, yeah. Yeah, yeah like as, as aging athletes, it tends to be run goes first. And like you look at like a Melina, who can still swim like an axe. Now, not Ironman top level, but, you know, swimming tends to be the thing that holds on. Uh, yeah, biking is easiest to hold. Swim, running, as you said, is, is the hardest. And uh, But yeah, Brownie's swim is, is, is not that great these days. Mm. Um, Jombo, we also have got some races coming up. Well, one race coming up this weekend. We have the Israel Man. This is a fantastic challenge. It looked like it gets really well supported each year. Pretty uh, epic course. You start off for the iron distance race and you have to climb up an uh, elevation of around about 800 metres. And then you're sort of on this plateau. Still lots of climbing, but you've done the, the bulk of it. And then the run is just insane. You've got this massive big uh, downhill uh, to contend with on the run. So I know good old Hal Tao went there a few years ago and said it's a bit of a gut buster when oh, you really? can't come down that hill. They get a good, a good number of athletes. They have a half as well as a, a full. And in the full last year, I think they had about 150 odd finishes. Uh, let me just—I'm just waiting for it to come up. Yeah, they had 165 finishes. A few DNFs on on top of that. Um, not a fast course at all. So last finisher was 16 hours and 56. First finisher was. One of the Alterman brothers, so Dan Alterman, he used to be a very good short course athlete. He did 10 hours and 9 minutes. So if you go under 10 hours of that race, you're having a pretty good day. So good luck to everybody going over there doing Israel Man. If you want to get a you know middle of winter race, if you're in the... Um, in the Northern Hemisphere. I did look into this race actually last year and yeah. potentially going and doing it. And the tourism stuff you can go and see around there is uh, is looks incredible. Obviously, there's you know a few safety concerns, but I was assured it really was not that big a deal. Um, but some of the stuff you can go and see looks incredible. John, Daniel Clark sent us a really good article um, just talking, well, not really an article, just a link to ironman.com and just talking about now we're starting to see the beginning of the pro system that's going to be hitting 2019. And if you go to the calendar where they have all the races, first of all, cheapers, creepers, there's a lot of races. There's a huge amount of races. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to count that while you talk about it. But yeah. um, so uh, we kind of get past kind of what, June, we start to get the, the qualifications for next year. For the 70.3, and then the Ironman really kicks in, uh, as per usual, from September onwards. Mm. And what's... Um, we can see the slot numbers, can't we? Yeah, they basically put up the slot numbers. What's some, There's a less than I had anticipated, because what they've been saying is every race is going to be one... Uh, slot for males, one slot for females, and then there's going to be, depending on numbers, there'll be sort of a, some top-ups. So you might end up with four slots at races, and those extra two slots would be divided based on the number of males and females. So normally that will go to the male field because there's always going to be more males and females. But there's a lot of races um, so far that have only got literally the two slots so if we look at Ironman Wisconsin which is a women's only race uh, that's in September 2018 so this year one female slot and you got Ironman Wales one and one 
uh, Ironman Italy, one and one. So pretty much all the races, all the late season races, uh, with the exception of Arizona and Western Australia, all only have one slot for males and one slot for females. So it is going to be pretty cutthroat in terms of actually trying to make it. Again, don't think it's going to affect those um, the real rock stars that much, but if you're a second or third tier athlete trying to make it, it's going to be bloody hard. You can't just accrue those points anymore and get in well, that well, way. What become really interesting is the late season races will become really important because all the pros who have won their races and qualified earlier on in the year, that's going to kind of nut out probably for the first two thirds of the season. And those late season races where they might still be racing, you know, like like kind of around that June, July period, mm. they're probably already qualified. So th- where they roll down to second and third, those are going to be really fascinating races, aren't they? Mm. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting because a lot of athletes would have banked on their Kona points in the past. You know, if you finished anywhere in the sort of top 10 to top 15, you could top that up with a, with a good easy, race. Yeah. Now you've got to go and win a race. Unless you finish in the top three at Kona, you've essentially got to win a race or be very close to winning it at, at these other races and roll the dice a bit. So Now, in, in saying that, most top 15 athletes are going to be able to win a race, but you still have to do it. Yeah. You know if, what I mean? Like, it's easier said than done. If you get two top 15 athletes turning up one race, yeah. and one of them is going to get it, you know, if you get, uh, I don't know, think of someone like, say, Bart Arnott's and uh, someone like a... a um, oh, I don't know. Freddie uh, Van Leer. Freddie Van Leer turning up. They could win most races, but bloody hell, that'll be hard racing. Yeah. Um, John, so I, I kind of roughly counted 102 races on their calendar. Right. That's massive, isn't it? That's including all the 70.3s. Yeah, but it's an Ironman calendar with 70.3s. So 102 mm. races they run a year. So basically every week they're running two races. Mm. That's pretty crazy stuff. Um, John, what the hell is going on? Cheating lots, swine. Lots Dirty cheating swine. Drugs in the news this week. So first first story was uh, Kevin Motes, positive again, eight-year ban, announces his retirement. So Kevin Motes is a US guy who has won Kona on a number of occasions. He doesn't have a lot of fans. Guy. He doesn't, doesn't have a lot of fans. Do you, want, if you want to see how many fans he doesn't have? Go look at the feed on this one, people. <laughs> he, he, allegedly, John, he's been a cheat his whole life. Um, he used to use mirrors, and he apparently he was a drafting, pretty bad drafter. And That's uh, allegedly, according to allegedly, Bevan, not according to me. Allegedly. Well, even on here, and I know a very good friend of the show <laughs> would, would always get very upset about this man. Yeah. He, he's a very relaxed man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not much that riles him. No, no, this person was anyway, very Anyway, uh, Kevin Motes got banned in January 30th, uh, 2012 for a taking testosterone. He admitted to his charges, uh, admitted taking supplementary testosterone then. Uh, he tried to get himself cleared, cleared uh, saying that he needed to take it for health reasons and it occurs under a doctor's supervision. He was unsuccessful in getting that first ban uh, overturned and now he has tested positive again uh, and... And has been given an eight-year ban, still claiming that he requires it for therapeutic uses, and he's got very low testosterone. So, read into what that what you you want. But I, I read another article yesterday of someone really saying, "Look, once you get older, everybody's testosterone's yeah. going low. Yeah. So, yes, you probably are correct that your testosterone's low, but so is everybody else. You know, you look at say we're just talking about Cam Brown." He's going to have a lot lower levels than, say, the guys he's yeah. racing against are 25. So he could say, well, I need to be doing that to keep up. So I don't really know the ins and outs of actually who really should be getting that um, testosterone when they are getting older and if it's really required. But it, it obviously would be giving him an unfair advantage. So 
there you go. And I would say, if you're an age group athlete racing, and you're going to a um, certified race, you are eligible to be getting drug tested. And it happened in Kona last year. We heard people being taken off away from registration, and it happens at other races. So be warned, if you're racing at a certified race, that is by in New Zealand, if it's a sanctioned race, if it's overseas, you're eligible to getting tested, and uh, you need to be careful. Yeah, yeah. I think this is an interesting discussion moving forward, but John, because what we're starting to see is men get older as they're doing that testosterone replacement therapy a lot, mm. and and to stay young really. Mm. Um, now th- there's some interesting science around it, and what happens to sport when that becomes the norm? Like in 20 years from now, does every guy in their 50s pretty much just get this treatment because hey, it keeps you young, mm. and it's a really good way of keeping young? If that's the case, what happens to sport then? Mm. Because like, let's say you choose to do it because you you know you want to, and I choose not to. There is an athletic advantage to that, but you still want to do the sport. Well, it's pretty simple. You don't. You're not allowed to take it. Yeah, I know, but mm. but let's say you know. But if, 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 we live in interesting times around things like drugs and technology and and the advancement of the ability to live longer. And if you want to make a choice to live longer, does that mean you have to give up sport? Afraid so. <laughs> yeah, but you get what I mean. Yeah, you know, it's a really you know. Whereas, uh, like, if I choose to want to do this. Yeah, it makes it really complicated. I don't know if there's a solution because I think it's a really complicated discussion moving forward because I get if there's if, if I can take something like testosterone and it guarantees me a higher quality of life, especially when you're getting older and maybe be able to, like, like you know, let's say I can't run that well, but if I take testosterone, I can run better. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do that because I love running, mm-hmm. and, but I still want to compete. Oh, you can't. Yeah, well, <laughs> or do, do they start to have categories, even for age groups? The cheats category. Well, yeah, but but are you? I know, t- I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm being devil's advocate. Yeah, well, you're very good at that, John. You're very good. Uh, so, it's, it's I get a gold, gold star for that one. Yep, five. Um, you get devil star. Um, so it's just a. It's an, I, I think we live in interesting times around sport moving forward, particularly in it's kind of 15, 20 years where the science is really advancing the ability for humans to live a better quality of life and a longer life. So interesting stuff, John. What was the other one? The other one, um. I'm not going to name why, names Why are you reluctant to talk about it? That's what I want to know. Because I get incredibly annoyed when people get named and shamed when nothing has actually been proven. So, yeah, somebody has been uh, got adverse analytical findings. And this is all the way back from Rio. So go on to any of the Triathlon websites if you're really interested in finding out who it is. But it makes me irate, he is irate when about people get named when potentially they haven't done anything wrong. If it's an adverse um, finding, then they may get cleared, but their name has been run through the dirt. And the same thing happens in the criminal world when people get named. Now, I do understand that sometimes this stuff comes up and it sort of may have been tucked under the carpet, so I get that, but I feel very sorry for this athlete if if he's not guilty. He's yep. now been uh, named and shamed, and uh, so he hasn't gone through a due process. And it's been basically been leaked by somebody that uh, the Russians or somebody that hacked into the system, and uh, and there's some irregularities in there. So if you do it's want to find out more about it's it, it's a funny time around that discussion, John. Now, this is a sensitive subject for me to talk about here, but the kind of Me Too movement right now, and there's a, there's you know, obviously there's a lot of problems around sexual behaviour in Hollywood, and, and probably in lots of industries, and there's a lot of bad things around that. Podcasting, like. Oh, the podcasting is just full. John's always trying to handle me. And, uh, but, but, the foot's under the table, yeah. I tell you. But there is no due process right now in this area. And it is, and it was really interesting in America, a, a top female legal person said there needs to be due process. You know, you can't just come out and say someone's this without kind of going through a process. Mm-hmm. And I get 
these things need to be discussed and obviously needs to be switched in culture and all the rest of it. But it, it is a funny time when you can just name someone mm. and suddenly, you, you know, because the, the implications of that for people involved. Now, if they've done what you, you're claiming. Yeah, absolutely. But there does need to be a process. Yeah. And, like, and so in the Kevin Moats example, he's been named, he's got his punishment, you name him and, and you, yep. you think of him what you do. In this case, it's still under investigation. So, a, why does it take so long? And look, I want to be someone who can just trust the system and go, well, the system should be working. But it does seem that the system obviously hasn't quite worked in this case, if it's true. Um, it's, I just find it frustrating when people get named when they haven't been found guilty. And, and, and the implications are massive. Oh, huge. You know, like if you, know, if you do get named, it, it's like, the, you know, the, someone who gets done for a rape crime that they haven't done. Mm. Now, there's a, there's an aspect of this community who's always going to think you're a rapist. Mm. Now, I know that's pretty extreme, but same with drugs. Mm. You know, if an athlete gets called a drug cheat... He's not getting any sponsors anytime soon. No, and, and you think of all the drug cheats who have gone through the process and cleared their names. Now, some of them even worse to go, you know? Yeah. And maybe they weren't, you know? They have gone through due process, and, you know, it's, it's an always murky water, but it's it's... There does need to be some discretion. So if you do read this article, make sure you give the guy a break until he's either found guilty or innocent. Yeah, and if he is found innocent, let it go. Mm. Let it go. Let it go. We've got four minutes, John, to the interview. So let's start discussion of the week, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on if we need to. Discussion of the week, John. If someone was coming to your country and you could give them just one epic location to do a workout where would it be and what would the session entail and i'm going to give bonus brownie points this week bonus brownie points bonus brownie this is the points. first ever you get be excited wait yeah. name the name and a number of people that put posted pictures so oh, i think we really? maybe should make sure that we read out the ones that people put pictures on there because uh that gives you a good sense of what they're at where they're actually suggesting bonus brownie points. so um we had good old Paul and Lee, you know, Paul and Lee from Christchurch. Yep. They have uh, suggested our favourite run around Godly Head. Yes. And uh, it, is a, it is a beautiful run. Um, Bevan, who Richard Swan's got, Swan, you know, has got running around the National Mall at Washington, D.C., Tempo Session at Central Park, New York Perfect Park opposite the Cheers Bar on Boston 1K Reps. Did he post a picture though? No, but I tell Why you Why are you reading it then? Oh, we only, are we, oh, well, there's quite a few. <laughs> Ollie Jenner's, but I tell you, I've got to say, he's got the Lake District on a sunny day, a swim with one of the lakes, a bike over the Honestur and Hard Knock Pass, and a great trail run to finish. And he's got a picture, and it does look stunning. Craig Johns, uh, Puli in Taiwan, a 55-kilometre continuous climb from 400 metres to 3,275 metres. Uh, or you can ride from the other side, which is 77 kilometres from sea level to 3,275 metres, uh, including downhills and a lung gut-busting last two kilometres at close to 20% gradient. Makes any ride in the Swiss and French Alps feel easy. I'm going to say 3,275, that is some serious lung work you're doing when you get to that high I think we went to 2,600 over a pass in France I think it was um, over oh, I can't remember the name of it now but that the was hill. The, the thin was that the air was getting starting to get pretty thin for me up the top there as in the snow all around and everything Gotta say, Belle Fong has probably the best swimming pool in the world. Have you seen that photo? That's one in Sydney? Yeah, closely. So she's got um, run over the Harbour Bridge. I didn't realise you can run over the Harbour Bridge. Not at you all. can't Auckland one, can you? You can't run over the Auckland Bridge. 
Or can Isn't there you? a pathway underneath? Or now? maybe they maybe they introduce it. Yeah, run over the Harbour Bridge, followed by a swim at the North Sydney Port. And it's guys, tell you what, you swim there because the Sydney Harbour Bridge is just one of the world iconic places. And right beside that, haven't you got the the Harbour Tower as well? The, um, the opera opera. Oh, the Sydney Opera House. It's yeah, not somewhere, far from there somewhere as well. around there. So you're breathing on this one. Mm. Oh, stunning. Yeah, exactly. John, we're going to pause. We're going to come back because we're going to do this interview. We're going to back in two seconds. Okay, John, we are back with the interview, which will come up later in the show. John, what was the next one you're going to choose? The next one, Lynette Warren. Come to Dubai and cycle around the Al Quadra track, which is a 174 purpose-built track in the desert. And she's put a picture, and it is in the desert, which would be interesting. Never ridden in the desert before. Well, good old Craig Johns has got Pulai in Taiwan, 55k. I've done that one, Bevan. Have you? Yes. Oh, well, we did an interview, John. I, you, you, it's the one time I can get away with it. Uh, okay, I'll go Rebecca Jocelyn. I live in Switzerland, and you would have to do the Furka. Susten and the Grimsiel. <laughs> you chose a good one to do, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> passes loop. 140k with 3,800 metres of climbing. Spectacular. Clive Smith, come to Yorkshire, Brownlee country, and ride run the Dales. Good old. Have you done net one? Yes. Yeah, so I, knew I did just do her then. Yeah, Laura Sadell's got Wanaka. Swim yes. in the lake, run the outlet track. She's Felix, right. Uh, Felix Welshoffer is, uh, sorry, Felix, I would have pronounced your surname there, wrong there. Rot, rot, or wrote, home of triathlon. That's a good answer. Yeah. He gets that one. And I'll do one more. I'll go uh, Peter Combe. You done that one? No. A bright Victoria, Australia. Mount Hottam uh, return session. Get up the mountain and back. It is awesome. William Desmond, a nice lap around Sandy Cove Island and grab in the Bullman after. And that's in Kinsale in Ireland. His photo is the smallest photo of all time. I clicked to expand it and it's the same size. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, David Dowdy, US Easy, Kona Hawaii, uh, Brian Dunn, Grand Canyon Rim, uh, Rim to Rim Run. A couple of people have said Challenge Wanaka. Uh, and, yeah, if you want to find out some really epic locations, do go to our Facebook page because people have posted some some cool places there. Rob Cummins said Dublin, Ireland, the Phoenix Park with the Sunday morning runners, 20K, followed by a full Irish breakfast in the visitor centre or on the bike, the Fingers Climb in the Dublin Mountains Hill Repeat Session. And final one, Tim Ford, Bondi, Bondi to Coogee Run in Sydney. Make it early for sunrise and less people. John. Yes. What about you? I think we've said ours all done to death, I think. Do you know one, one that we didn't really mention is, because we've done a lot of nature ones, what about inner city ones? Um, I haven't got anything on the top of my head, Bevan. Oh, running through London. Have you ever ran through London? Eh, not really, no. Oh. I like an inner city run. Okay, you've got to find loops where you're not crossing lights too much mm. and you're not too busy with traffic but or, or um, walkers and stuff like that. But there's some beautiful cities to run in, like New York and I even love running in LA, mm. you know? So, yeah, big city runs. I do like some big city runs. Nice. Have you got any? None. Wow. <laughs> Sydney? Zero. Have you ran in Sydney? Uh I did a nice little session in Sydney. Went from a uh, classic sort of little swim from Manly Beach to Shelley Beach and back. That was quite nice. Yeah, there you go, in a city. There you go. Uh, John, this week's discussion, we talked about it last week, and it was so brilliant. John's let me put it through. <laughs> and it's basically saying you just have to finish this sentence. Whatever happened to dot, dot, dot. And so you can finish that sentence any way you think possible. We do want to keep it kind of triathlon related. We want to keep it triathlon related. <laughs> I, I, I've got one that I've already thought of for next week. 
Right. Yes, I want to say it now, but I'm not going to because it's next week's discussion. So whatever happened to dot, 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 that can be gear-related, it can be person-related, race-related, it can be anything that you want. John, I'm putting some music on. Age group of the week. Sorry, I didn't give you the point. Normally what happens is I push record, I point at John, and he knows it's time to come on in. But I didn't point. You so. did a great job coming in though, Bevan. Well back, done. Back it up. Back <laughs> it up. Uh, Andrew, Mystery Man Weston has sent through, and I'm gonna, now this came through a few months ago, didn't it? And this is my bad, John. <laughs> yes. And I put that in the email. I said, John's not going to like this, but it's my bad because I hadn't forwarded it to John. John does the show notes, and I did not forward it to him. So I'm sorry about that the, to those involved in this one here. Many of the people that get written about on I Am Talk Age Grouper of the Week are those speedy folks at the pointy end of the field who have had luck and well-executed day to hit the podium. I would like tonight nominate someone who needed luck and a well-executed day in order to just finish in the allotted time. On July 23rd, 2017, my wife, Julie Pearson, completed her first Ironman at Ironman Lake Placid. The bike is not Julie's strength. Wait a second, John, what did you do? Cough. Yeah, cough, sorry. you're whispering at Joe. Um, <laughs> and she spent the bulk of her training leading up to the race, getting as strong as she could, hoping a sub nine-hour bike time. That's a lot of time on the bike, isn't it? Mm. you got to think your undercarriage is a bit mm. sore nine hours on the bike. Plus, Julie had a hip injury that prevents her from running, so she knew that she needed up to seven hours to complete the marathon. P.S. She had no concern about the swim. That's a bit of a worry, isn't it? When you think to yourself, man, I'm not going to make sure I get nine hours on this bike. And then you think, man, I'm going to get this marathon done in seven hours. She was worried about the bike and the run cutoff, as well as beating Ironman's 17-hour cutoff, cutoff time. On race day, Julie had luck on her side. The race gods blessed her with a perfect Ironman racing weather, and she had no incidents or flat tyres or anything like that during the bike ride. She had executed a race plan perfectly. How many first-time Ironman athletes can say that? Not many. I was going to say, if any, because of scribe, uh, to have a steady, steady, steady day, a thir- 113 swim, an 831 bike with two evenly paced t- uh, 414 loops, 415 loops, sorry, completing a 639 marathon to finish in a time of 16 hours, 46 minutes and 44 seconds. And a high five from Mike Riley at the finish line. Julie, you are an Iron Man. 14 minutes to spare. Easy smoke that bike in under nine, eight thirty. That's a, that's a pretty stressful. It's a stressful day in a way, isn't it? Fourteen minutes ain't much time. No, there's not much room for buffering, is there? Small percentage. So well done, it must, Julie. That's one thing we we probably never talked about is the person like Julie who's kind of close to that finish line. Going into the race, you're thinking the cutoff's close. That's a pretty scary race, isn't it? There's no backup. Like say say you're going for a sub nine, sub ten, sub eleven, whatever it yeah. might be. You kind of got that back. There is a pressure. You really want to do it, but it's like. I don't do it, I still get to the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't go sub 17, I suppose you still do get to the finish line, but you don't get the registered finish. So, uh, and, and, and in awesome. a race that, that, you know, when you're going around that time, 14 minutes could have easily been lost. Mm. You know, it's easy to lose seven minutes in the bike and the, and the run. And I just, I still struggle to fathom how people keep going for 16, the 16, 17 hours. That's a hell of a lot harder than, I think, doing sub nine in terms of just the time on your feet. Yeah. So, yeah. well done, Julie. You, you are, are a. Age group, group of the week. week. And it's, sorry, it's six months late. It's, it's <laughs> definitely my bad. Okay, John, we've got an interview coming up. Oh, our sponsor. 
Extreme Endurance. Yes, tell me about it, John. As well as their regular products, which we talk about every week. You know, the fantastic Extreme Endurance, the Immune Boost, and all the other good things. They also have some fantastic protein drinks with a twist because it's not just your standard protein. They also have 20 grams of proprietary sports blend, uh, protein blend and 150 milligrams of lactate for energy. So it helps support new lean muscle growth. 100% US recommended daily serving of vitamins B6, B12 and D. 18 branch chain amino acids. It's gluten free, hydrogenated oil free, preservative free, trans fats free and no RBGH and HFCS free. So check it out. Remember your promo code IMTALK20. You get 20% off and I can vouch for their the flavour and their protein drinks. Love them. Put it in. I generally mix it in with milk and ice. Fantastic post-race drink. Post-race. And while you're there, it is satisfying having a protein drink, isn't oh, it? Oh, love it. Coming from a train, hard training day, but a protein banana. I like a bit of cinnamon. You do? Yeah, put a bit of cinnamon in. Oh, you should come out with your own protein drink or make a suggestion to uh, the guys at Extreme Endurance. Yeah. Add a little cinnamon in there. Add a cinnamon. And so you don't muck up your regular drink bottles when you're making these up. Why don't you get yourself an Extreme Endurance red blender bottle or one of their clean water bottles, which has got a, a twister at the bottom and at the top. So it uh, helps to keep your bottles clean and not too manky. So check it out, xendurance.com, promo code I am Talk 20 and get yourself recovered well after your training session. That was a great episode there, John. Yes, you know, thank you, you. You're a marketing genius. Just the upsell there. Jesus Christ, you're just a legend. Okay, John, we've got an interview coming up, and this is with Keith. Keith Ryger, and he is the man who's doing Kona 5, and so we thought we'd get him on just to talk about what he's doing with that race. Here he is. Here's Keith. Okay, John. We have Keith Ryger. Hopefully I've pronounced that right. Keith, he is a man on a mission doing some pretty crazy things. Uh, he's done the Kona 5, which we're going to find out a bit about uh, in a moment. We, we have talked about it once before on the show, but it's a pretty crazy adventure, and uh, we're going to find out about, about it now. So welcome to the show, Keith. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. So give, give, us a, give us a little bit about your background before we actually go into to this crazy challenge you've been doing. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your athletic background and, and uh, where you're from and what you do. Okay, sure. So yeah, I'm actually uh, originally from Canada. I grew up just outside of Toronto, was a uh, hockey player, motocross, drummer and all that stuff. I didn't get into running or triathlon until kind of later in life. It wasn't until after high school that I started running seriously and was fortunate enough, though, to be able to get a full scholarship to University of New Mexico uh, down in Albuquerque. And so I moved to the States and uh, ran cross-country and steeplechase for University of New Mexico and had a lot of good success with that. And then after I finished uh, school is when I got into ultras. I'd seen the Western States 100-mile endurance run on TV when I was a kid. Had that in the back of my mind. I wanted to do that someday. So I started uh, building up mileage and doing uh, some ultras to uh, qualify. And then finally made the lottery there and ultimately ended up doing that three times. And uh, so I was able to kind of cross that off my bucket list. And then the next thing I wanted to do, I'd seen the uh, Iron Man on TV when I was a kid too, and always wanted to do that. And so I started learning how to swim and the bike, and got into triathlon. And then pretty much everything I was doing was geared towards getting to Kona, 
and had some good success there. Uh, started doing Ironmans and uh, wasn't able to put just the perfect race together. And so it kept narrowly missing qualifying. But then I got this opportunity to do Kona kind of an alternative way where I'd read about uh, the Epic Five, where they were doing five Ironmans, five days on five Hawaiian islands. I had um, uh, read Rich Roll's book, Finding Ultra. And so I got hooked in with a group that uh, was planning to do it. I was going to crew for a fella. And uh, about a week before the event, he got injured, wasn't able to do it. And so last minute, the uh, race director asked me, hey, by chance, do you want to do it? <laughs> and so I was like, wow, when am I going to get this again? You know, it can be pretty pricey to do that. But the entry was already paid. All the flights were already arranged. And so it's just a matter of me saying yes and uh, going for it. And so at that time, I hadn't been swimming or uh, biking for a while. I was kind of in between age groups and I'd put sort of triathlon on hold saying, hey, I'm going to wait till I age up before I really go for it again. So I'd actually sold my bike and I was just focusing on running. So to do Epic Five, I had to actually <laughs> rent a bike and uh, jump into it last minute. I hadn't uh, biked in a year and a half, hadn't swam in months, but I was able to go and do three out of the five and it was just an awesome experience. The final one being on the Kona World Championship course. And I said, wow, this is awesome. So that gave me the idea, you know, to start my own event. And that's how I got into the whole Kona 5 thing. So when you say you did three of five, did you run out of steam or did you, uh, was that always the plan? Yeah, I decided really based on the amount of training and everything I had is that realistically, uh, I thought three would be a good challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and Kona was the main one I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I kind of focused in on that. Um, the other thing too, is that there was two other fellas that were doing it. And uh, those events can be pretty taxing on the crews and the staff and everything. You know, everybody's kind of going around the clock. You're trying to deal with the travel logistics and so since I didn't pay for the event myself, whereas these guys did, mm. I kind of felt, you know, like I wanted to support them as best I could. And I didn't yeah. want to pull from everybody else. So I said, you know, let's do three out of the five. Three out of five when you haven't been doing any training. Still, uh, yep. <laughs> that's pretty that solid. Bad. Yeah. Bad. I kind of think if I had yeah. been riding for a year and a half and someone said, go and ride three Ironmans, just ride. That would be when, I did it, when I did our camp. And I, 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 one day killed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's thing. I was feeling it. That's for sure. So, so the Kona, Kona Five. So you did that first time by yourself in 2016. So tell us a little Correct. bit about um, how you sort of planned it and how it sort of panned out. Because one thing I did note on your website, at least for when you did it last year, you 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 did uh, you didn't do swim bike run. You did bike swim run each day so just tell us a bit about what you did the first year how it panned out and and how you've refined things sure okay so yeah so you know i had the idea of doing this uh kona five thinking yeah you know i i think uh, it's reasonable to do five and five days uh, especially it, sorry to interrupt it's, it's it's not reasonable but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. carry on <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing is that it does sound pretty crazy but then I heard about and read about Iron Cowboy doing mm. 50 Ironmans, 50 days in 50 states. 
And so it kind of puts it in perspective that like, ah, you know what, is that it can be done. And so, you know, so anyway, so that's what I, I, I focused in on. I said, let's do shoot for five, five days. And it was the Kona Ironman World Championship course that I really wanted to do. And I figured if, uh, you know, I was just doing that course, the logistics would be so much more straightforward compared to what we were doing with Epic Five. And I think I could do it without a crew and without a staff. And so that's what I decided. And, you know, I was on the fence about it for a while. And, uh, you know, all the pros and cons, the time, the money and everything else. And I finally just said, you know what, screw it, just do it. Bought a ticket. And once I did that, I was like, all right, I guess I got to figure everything else out. So, you know, I had to find a good place to stay, had to, you know, get all the other uh, details in place. And next thing you know, I was doing it. And so, um, you know, the key thing is, of course, is being able to pace yourself right. And, uh, and then, you know, the hydration and the nutrition part of it's huge. And then, of course, you know, with the self-support, it is, yeah, if anything goes wrong, whether it's a medical issue or mechanical issues, yeah, you got to deal with it. And it's not that crazy. It's something that we all do on a daily basis when we're training. You know, if something goes wrong, you figure it out. And so, you know, I felt like I was pretty prepared. And fortunately, things went smooth that first year and I uh, was able to do it. And so I wrote a book about it, you know, called Kona 5. And so I turned that kind of into my life bio and kind of talked about other challenges I've had to deal with in life and overcome. And then it goes into a lot of detail on that whole event. And so once that got out, uh, it's on Amazon. I started hearing from a lot of other people that were keen on doing it. And so that's when I made it a public event last year and uh, opened it up to others to join me. Why did you go sort of bike, uh, swim, run instead of doing swim, bike, run? Yeah. So the key there is to be able to start first thing in the morning at uh, the break of dawn. And so uh, allows you to kind of avoid the majority of the traffic going in and out of uh, Kailua Kona. And then it minimizes the, the temperature, the heat, and then also the winds that kick up midday. And so you get that out of the way. And then swimming mid-afternoon is, of course, you want to do that in daylight. And, you know, and the water's about 78. So, yeah, it's not, it's not a problem even if it's 85 degrees outside. It's comfortable being in the water. And then do the run at the end of the day. And so it allows you to get maybe the first third to a half of the marathon done before the sun goes down. So that's pretty awesome, running along a leaky drive, watching the sunset, and then uh, once that uh, sun go, goes down is then we'd start doing loops right in front of the Kona 5 house that we had that was just off uh, Leahy Drive. And that kept things safe and uh, kind of kept uh, everybody together. How different was it racing that format in comparison to doing your typical Ironman? Right. Um, so that's the thing is, first off, was we kind of look at it more as a challenge as opposed to a race. So it's really a matter of just getting it done. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, you know what? It's actually, I like that order of doing the, the bike, swim, run. Is, um, you know, allows you kind of get an easy start in the morning, cruising on the bike. And then by the time you get to that swim, the swim's almost like just a massage, you know? You're in the water for an hour, loosening up the legs, loosening everything up, cooling down. 
And so it kind of allows you to kind of recharge uh, for the for the run. So what's your, what's your sort of plan? Oh, no, 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 first up, what, why do you, what motivates you to do this? Because, you know, if, if I just look at it from my perspective, um, we, we do camps and things like that, and, and it's pretty sort of epic training, but we often have a competitive element in there as well as doing the training. Um, yeah. And when I'm trying to build up for something, it's, it's a race, and the, the competitive side of it, it motivates me, and, and I'm sure that's what works for a lot of other people. You've got times, you've got measures you can do. So what's, what's the right. motivation for you to be doing this as opposed to say going and doing a, a decker or a, or something that has got more of a competitive um, element to it right yeah that's a really good question is that uh, I feel like you know I've kind of done the competitive thing I'm 50 now and uh, you know I've had a, you know a pretty good career in racing uh, Xterra trail running events and you know, Ironman stuff and quite a few other major events that I've done, even duathlon world championships and all that. And so I feel like I've kind of done that. And I really like the sort of just the challenge of doing a, you know, something that maybe nobody else has ever done before or or a very small group that's done it. So I love that part of it. Um, I love sort of seeing what my own body can do. And, and uh, it's amazing how, like, you know, the first time I did an Ironman, I thought, wow, this is my limit. You know, this is insane. But, yeah, you know, if you kind of broaden your, your horizons, you know, don't put limits on your goals and what your capabilities are. It's amazing what you can do. Mm-hmm. And so I love that challenge. Um, I think the other major benefits of this, my event, the Kona 5, is, is uh, the camaraderie side of it is that, you know, I want to bring in people that, you know, aren't so focused on the competitive side of it, are more into the experience of it, about uh, supporting others, encouraging others to be the best they can be, and uh, and building some lifetime uh, uh, friendships out of it. So there's that camaraderie side. The And then the last thing I'll say about uh, the Kona 5 event is because you're not going, you know, you know, pushing yourself, going anaerobic and going all out, is that you're able to kind of really enjoy the whole thing. You know, it's a little bit more of a leisurely pace. So you get to enjoy the camaraderie, you get to enjoy the scenery of it, and, you know, you just get to enjoy what, you know, uh, the amazing athletic abilities that you have and what you're doing and kind of stop, think about it, go, wow, this is pretty cool. This is pretty awesome. You, you keep the numbers pretty small. I, I see the minimum number is three and the maximum is five. So it, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a pretty small spectrum. Why did you choose uh, those numbers? Well, you know, being that it's a newer event, I think that's realistic to kind of make sure we manage it well and make sure it's a good experience for everybody. Um, the other key thing is that um, when the athletes come is that we want them to come solo. So they're not bringing family or friends. They're not bringing staff or crew or anything like that. And so that they're able to, you know, really get to know the other uh, uh, athletes that are going to be there. And so we rent one uh, big house and put everybody in there together. So, yeah, so you're there 24-7 with everybody. And it just allows everybody to really get to know each other. 
And so in terms of you when you're out there, you know, what sort of pace are you do, are you rounding out these days in? And who, who do you think this is kind of going to be suit, suitable for? If somebody's listening in and they're doing Ironmans in 15 hours, is it suitable yeah. for them? Or And if, it, if somebody's out there and they're really competitive, hardcore athlete, equally, is, it, is this going to be suitable for them? Sure, good question. Is that... Um you know, ideally, we're going to have, um, you know, three to five athletes that are, you know, pretty humble people um, that, like I say, they kind of have more of a we, not me attitude. They're there to kind of support and help see everybody be successful. And um, but as far as the ability level is that hopefully they're going to have some Ironman experience. I think realistically to get it done in time, because it's kind of a race against the clock, we get a 120-hour cutoff, is that uh, you need to be doing a solo Ironman probably 12 hours or faster. And then that's going to allow you to go at a leisurely uh, pace, uh, well, a comfortable pace, I should say. So when we did it this year, well, 2017, is that our bikes were uh not including the breaks we'd stop you know two or three times and have a you know short lunch at the halfway point and we're around uh six and a half hour bikes and then the swim yeah we're doing around uh the fellow i did it with joshua baker he was around one hour swim i was at a 110 swim and then the runs were probably on average about five hours, maybe a bit more than that, mm-hmm. uh, not including the uh, breaks where if we stop, we're you know, stopping the clock uh, and uh, keeping track of it that way. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at probably total of, uh, let's see, so it's up around, uh, you know, 13, 14 hour Ironman each day. As an athlete, what has this experience taught you that you maybe you have discovered just because you've done this experience that you didn't know beforehand yeah it's uh just what you can do is that um yeah is that uh, don't underestimate yourself it's amazing like if you are determined and if you're smart about it as far as the pacing and then you know and you're wise about your nutrition and hydration is that uh, yeah it's amazing how you just keep going and of course we all go through these ups and downs i'm sure you guys see that with many of your athletes is that yeah you know is that uh when you're in a down yeah you know don't worry about it too much is uh more than likely it's because you're underhydrated or something like that and uh but once you get that right you're gonna bounce back and just keep a positive attitude and keep going and anytime, you know, I, you know, do go through one of those downs, I think about Iron Cowboy doing 50 and, and uh, 50 days. Yeah. Or, you know, I think about so many other inspirational stories of uh, amazing athletes. Uh, and I coach Special Olympics, too. I think about a lot of them and some of the challenges they're overcoming. I'm like, you know what? I got to suck it up. And uh, it's amazing uh, what you can do when you just uh, stick through it. Well, it looks like a pretty crazy challenge, so we wish you all the best with uh, with this year's one in, in November time. If people are keen to check it out, go to Kona5.com and uh, you can find out all the, the info there, and uh, good luck with it. Thanks so much, John and Bevan, and uh, keep up the great podcast. It's amazing you guys are up over 500 episodes now, so yeah. I'm honoured to be a part of it. 
Awesome. Thanks for your time. time. Okay. John. Different kind of thing, isn't it? Different kind of thing. Good idea doing the bike first, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because you're not, you can start early, and you're not necessarily running hard. So it'd be different if you were racing it. racing it, as opposed to just just doing it. So totally agree. You know, when we're on epic camps, when you do that afternoon swim, it is quite relaxing. Um, but again, if you're running first, there is a risk of cramping in the swim. So that would be the one downside of it. Yeah, um, nothing worse than cramping. Well, yeah, there are some worse things, but, <laughs> but cramping when you're swimming. Oh, yeah. So. No, it's, it's, you know, we often finish those interviews saying, oh, I'd love to come do your event one day, but I think I'll leave that for, for other people. It's not my cup of tea, but I can I can see the appeal for others. Yeah, definitely. Something pretty cool. Just to tick on the box. Okay, John, let's talk about the winger of the week. This week, we're going number five, pass the chamois cream. Pass, that means you've been on that bike for a bit too long. It just uh, And let's have a look, John, number five. You can pa- never be on the bike too long. Pass the chamois cream. Well, overall, oh, it's pretty close between... First, second, and third, because Craig Kimpton has taken it out from Australia. Aaron Morgan in second place, and Joe Combe in third place overall. And also in third in the guys, we had Jay Waters. And second and third in the girls, we had second Tracy Barr from Christchurch. And Lynette Warren from the UAE. She was the one who'd been riding in the desert, had the comment before. So she must have done a few laps out there. Yeah, she's out in it. Well, if I'm going into good old Craig Strava, all time, he's done 38,000 Ks on the bike. Nice. Not bad. He's ridden his elevation as 93,000. Thousand meters. Oh, you'll crack that hundred thousand this year. Yeah, he will too. And he's ridden seven hundred twenty-eight times. He's got a lot of photos too. So good work. Go you Aussies, dominating the leaderboard here. First, that, second, and third. Yeah, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. How about that cricket team, eh? We've been not laugh too much because you're coming over here next week. I reckon we've got them, John. Yeah, I reckon New Zealand cricket, John. I know, I know the Americans love cricket, but the New Zealand cricket team right now is it's unbelievable, isn't it? They're very, very strong. They're Historically, winning. you always hope, you always. This was being a fan of New Zealand cricket team. Prepare for disappointment, hope for good. Yeah, you know, and basically, you lived in disappointment for an occasional good. Well, in this last few years, especially at home, we've mm. become a pretty legendary team. And from a Kiwi supporters perspective of sport I do think possibly the most satisfying thing in sport is the New Zealand cricket team beating Australia yes, so uh, that, would, uh, that would almost be any other thing just because they're such a smug bunch oh. of gimps I don't mind Australians no. but the Australian cricket team oh, oh. Yeah. I actually think I feel sorry for Steve Smith because I don't think he's that guy No, I think he's surrounded with guys in the team who was the who was the wicket keeper who was a right uh, Douchebag. It was Healy, and then there was no the um, one who was at the World Cup, Gilchrist, and then there was no. I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. You know they're just an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Aussies. <laughs> but that's the thing is, most Australians are awesome, but just their cricket team. So everyone, every team in the world loves the Australian team cricket losing. Yeah. And so they're coming next week. Now, if we lose, John, imagine the crap we're going to get on the show. <laughs> we're up for it. We're up for it. We're back in our team. And I do just have to say, um, smallest amount of training this week, Bjorn Walters from Netherlands. Need to pick up your game a little bit. 18 seconds of training. <laughs> ain't, ain't doing a great deal for you. Uh, 18 seconds. But man, what an 18 seconds. <laughs> it was high, what is it? High, high intensity yeah, training these yeah, days, it, isn't it? He did some hit, hit workout for 18 seconds. He did intervals as well. Two seconds on, one second off. Okay, John. Uh, so that's, that's the winger of the week. Let's do questions John and answers. answers. 
John's tip of the week. This is a great tip, really strong tip. Enter if you're going to do a race, how about you enter it? Oh, this has been quite funny because the last couple of weeks, John comes to the show and he's been basically giving crap to everyone who's trying to enter the race that he's put on sold after out, it's sold done. Out. Sold out race. Yeah. How many people in the race? Uh, we're going to have about 370 odd. 370? And, and the reason uh, it's restricted. How many could you have if you. If, well, I can't. I, I, no, no, I was, no, no. If, if there was no restriction on location based on how many people were trying to enter. Oh, there's probably another sort of 30 or 30 odd or so. Uh, yeah. And you're saying some people have even booked their flights and everything. Booked their flights, accommodation. Booked their accommodation, coming from Australia, haven't entered the race. If you're going to do a race. A, it's respectful to the organisers to help them get organised. B, don't be a douchebag. Enter the race. <laughs> Douchebag's the name of the day. Yeah. You know what a douchebag is, eh? Let's not even go there. <laughs> uh, so, that's John's that's tip John, That's my week. tip of the week. If you're going to do a race, try entering. Now, Richard Twaninoa sent us through a link to Let's Run. I can't believe Richard Twaninoa is still going on internet forums. When, was, when he seen that through, that was the first thing is, who goes on forums nowadays? <laughs> but Richie Swanee, no, he does. Let's run.com. It even looks like a 90s forum. And he sent through a link because Tyler Butterfield did a the Bermuda Marathon and won it. And unfortunately, the link that he sent us, because it kind of the link was saying, can you guess how fast he would go? But I basically saw it straight away. Mm. So, John, talk about it. So Tyler Butterfield, as you know, has had some fantastic races. He used to be uh, an ITU athlete um, from... Tyler uh, Butterfield. Tyler Butterfield, yeah. what did I say? Uh, he said Todd. Okay. Uh, anyway, and he's had some good performances in Kona as well and good performances at Ironman around the world. And he went out and did the Royal... Uh, Butterfield makes it a Bermuda Double, the Royal Gazette Bermuda Running Triathlon. I don't know if that's the name of the race. But anyway, he went and ran the Bermuda Marathon... Very nice that he did manage to very do nice. Was a, very a negative nice. split. It's very nice of him. He probably yeah. had those Nike shoes on because apparently that helps. He did uh, a two hour 27 and that was after a one minute 14 for the first loop. So nice running. It's always just interesting. I think Swanee's point was interesting to see what sort of speed, you know, the good. He did a 248 Ironman. Hmm. So 20 minutes faster basically. That's about what we generally recommend is, is about 20 minutes quicker. So he's not, that's not the fastest Who, runner. Okay, here's a question for you. Yeah. Who's the fastest runner if they were to do a marathon in Ironman sport right now? You'd say Langer, uh, wouldn't you? Uh, if you were doing a straight one, I don't, I don't know what his, what he's like running straight. But I, it, I think it, he can turn corners. Yeah. But <laughs> I think... You're weak. It's great. It's gold. <laughs> so, get, just see you later, Jimmy Carr. I'm paying to come okay. and see you next week. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> um... I'd pr- yeah, I'd probably go Frodo potentially in front of Langer, but um, yeah, why Langer's Langer's like, proven himself more as a runner. Yeah, off the bike as a runner. Yeah. It's like Craig Alexander is an amazing runner uh, off the bike, but I'd I'd put a lot of triathletes in front of him, and that's not being disrespectful to him. That's saying he's awesome off the bike, but in terms of pure running, but yeah, it's just a hypothetical question. But I'd put my money on on Frodo if he was fit. It's a big F there, John. Not really. He's always pretty fit. Oh, I, I bring on Kona. Okay, well, there you so, go. Anyway, so, thank, thank you, Swan and I. That's, uh, that's an interesting thing. And John's prediction about 20 minutes faster is right. John's text re... Oh, this is gold. Okay, re-New Zealand tri-champ. So he's got to text from someone. Yeah. And okay. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. So with part, part of the requirement when you're putting on events, you've got to go and do a, uh, a flyer drop um, and just notify all the residents and just basically 
trying to tell as many as possible that your event is is on and uh, and this is the sort of stuff you've got to deal with when you're a race director so, Wait, so had, yeah, are you going to name and shame no because um, the person who sent it won't uh, I can guarantee won't be listening um, it's just a local resident so the event she says as a Corsia Bay resident and a rate-paying citizen of Christchurch, I am astounded and annoyed to find out that on the last weekend of the school holidays, during one of the hottest summers on record, that your organisation gets to literally close a safe public beach by closing the car park, a beach that is used by hard-working people and their family members from all over Christchurch. Also, I am expected to stay prisoner in my home for the weekend because if I leave I may not be able to return like many others I have off street parking what do you think of all those families raging from the age of 0 to 100 are going to do when they arrive only to find there is no parking available it is wrong John you need I actually think you probably can't see race yeah because um, she can't she's trapped you put her in jail for the weekend you put her in jail John I, I can't believe that's not in the, what's the hell because yeah, I, I can tell right now when you got that text so how okay read the response I didn't, didn't respond I actually you tried, didn't even respond no I did I got on the truck on the front foot and actually called her and, and said I'm actually in course here but I'd like to come and see you to uh, to to talk about your concerns she wasn't at home and she was still rabbiting on and so I just tried to take, stay on the high ground uh, it was very very, very hard <laughs> very hard because John do you do have a snap point don't you yes <laughs> and she was approaching it very quickly uh, so she still wasn't happy mm. I, th- I tried really hard I thought she'd crumble under the well, you know, the, the charm. charm offensive yeah didn't quite crumble but anyway that's the sort of sh- crap you've got to deal with <laughs> with people of the public but what I will say is if when you are out there racing don't be a dick and abuse residents people who are driving don't around. Don't abuse anyone. Because... Well, unless they try to cut you off. Then, well, then it just makes it impossible to have races in the future. So bite your tongue when you're out there as well and try to take the high ground. Now, Evan Coy has asked me for some books to read because he's just gone to audiobooks. And unfortunately, I've lost a lot of my audiobooks. It's a long story. So I'm going to think about it over the next week, Evan, and I'll respond to this one next week because I do love listening to audiobooks and I've had to change my account I've had problems with my account recently, and so I've kind of lost my book. So I'll, I'll get back to you on this because I'll go back over once I've looked at my account. John, patrons. Yeah, we've got um, Matthew Sea Eagle Roberts. And that would have been because of the rugby league player. Absolutely. Yeah, Ian Roberts, he was a great league player. Lauren Webb, the Spidey. I wonder why we went with that one, John. <laughs> and David, our last one. David, the Patriot Milan. Nice. Milan? Milan, I think it's probably Milan. And we've also got, and we've also got a new one, Michael Cloak, and he's got. I've, I've gotten a triathlon with a club called Triforce when living in Hatfield, UK, and last year completed two half Ironmans. After about eighteen months in the sport, I'm now living in Hastings and working as an accountant in London with a, quite a commute and trying to work out the best ways to train alongside that so I can push on again this year. <clears throat> Hastings Runners are a great running club in the area, but haven't really found a triathlon club yet. So those sessions, uh, I can make. Uh, good to get into. I've kind of made that bit up. <laughs> Triathlon has benefited my physical and mental health massively, and I love the sport and the people you meet through it. Also, I don't know if she's happy to be. Uh, quoted. I'll, I'll do this part. Okay. So he also has got a friend who's got a coach who's a pro athlete, and she was saying that she's happy about the new Kona qualification system. Being a fan of the fact that you have to be a winner to get to Kona. That's right. Hashtag so winning, John. It will be interesting to to canvas the pros as we. Uh, 
as the year unfolds and we see what they think of the new system. So I came up with a nickname because you started with Triforce. I'm going to call you Michael Full Force Cloak. Well, because I was thinking, don't choke, Michael Cloak. Oh, that's actually pretty good as well. <laughs> and oh. then uh, my, my good old darts one was Michael MC Danger Cloak. I like your one the best, actually. Don't choke, Michael Cloak. <laughs> well, you could, Michael, email us back and let us know which one you like best. Full Force. What's the darts one? Uh, MC Danger. MC Danger. Or don't choke, Michael Cloak. Yeah. Or, I, or I won't choke, Michael Cloak. Yeah. But it sounds like if someone else says it, it sounds like you're trying to choke him. Oh, it's very complicated. Oh, so many choices. Michael, we've given you options. Come back. Not many people get options. We normally say you get what you're given, but you're getting an option. So come back to us. Let us know which one you like. John, chasing Kona. I don't know why I put that in there. Okay. It's hmm. very profound of you. Hmm. <laughs> Jason Kona. No, don't know. Trying to get points? Trying to... People who try to do it, age up? No. I've got nothing. you got nothing. I've got, got nothing. nothing. Okay, guys. Sponsors. Extreme Endurance. <gasps> Your electric buffer. And our patrons. And uh, if you want to be a patron, go to www.imtalk.me. You go to the website. It's all pretty clear on the page. And then you can get a cool nickname like Michael Full Force or Don't Choke or danger something like that and also you're going to draw to win a trip to Kona with the boys this year so get into it ASAP also you can email us at imtalkpodcast at gmail.com John watch your goss I've just got to do one other thing on the patrons front we could have a good old Rob Lyons who we were mentioning last week who oh, had the, right. the nickname right. Dutchy and the reason he got that was because he was wearing a well I thought he was wearing a, an orange outfit somewhere which is probably why I gave it to him but he's actually part of Trianglia and uh, they've actually got a red outfit so either your the photo I saw was the aperture wasn't right or whatever oh, you anyway, know your apertures don't you yeah we're sticking with that and he's also got some pictures there you've got to use for the podcast Bevan he's wearing yeah. his beautiful pink I Am Talk gear he's a man who's gone for the pink and nothing wrong with that John so, we're gender neutral on the show but but um, I'm loving it he went pink yeah so if you're going through winter and you're thinking I want to start getting some some good kit for summer go check out our store and you can buy pink or blue kit you can get new race kit uh, we've got pretty much everything on there you know you've got your bike jerseys your bike shorts your t-shirts you got everything and you look stylish as does Rob yeah he's looking pretty cool so yeah, there'll be the photo on, well, do I have the pink or do I have the top uh, we'll go for, a, go for him wearing the pink okay. I am talking yeah, you know, this is this week's photo guys be very excited go to the website John your goss it's all go for the race this weekend. So that's my main focus, which is all good in the hood. The weather forecast. What, what's, what do you have to do? You, what's got, you know, you're thinking, okay, it's Tuesday now. It's Tuesday now. To, on my timeline, Wednesdays, where you confirm all the things like your, your medics and your surf crew and make sure everybody has still got it in their diaries and they're <laughs> going to be turning up. And then the final email goes out to the athletes tomorrow. Uh, all going to plan. And then it's uh, just piling all the crap up, getting ready for registration and... Kick off. What time does the race start? 8.30am, course oh, of your On Sunday? On Sunday. Now, what, what kind of start are you having, John? Well, that was up for debate, but uh, what we've settled on is men first, women two minutes later, and then we have a short course about 20 minutes later after that. Okay. So I do feel sorry for the woman having to swim through and bike Why through Why two minutes later? Well, it's quite tight. You've just got to get all the timings right on this particular course. Okay. So if it's any longer than that, then they're going to get caught by the short course athletes and so on. So timing is quite important. when, like With this particular race, there's one access point, so 
everything comes into transition in one corner. Yeah. Um, the swim comes in that corner, the bike comes in, the run, the finish, everything's in one corner. So potential for bottlenecks is quite high. So there is a lot more than meets the eye sometimes with this race organising. So looking forward to that. Forecast looks pretty good, pretty hot, and the days afterwards are going to be hot. So fingers crossed we should be in for a good one. You North Islanders, if you're listening and coming down, be ready for an epic challenge. It's going to be good times. Okay, John. So the question is, how was Jimmy Carr? Jimmy Carr was funny, definitely pretty offensive. If you were in some, uh, if you were fat, you'd be pretty offended. If you're other minority groups, you'd be somewhat offended. But it was all good in the hood. But just you know, it was two, you know, two hundred two hours and fifteen or something of just two hours of him. Yeah, yeah. It was it was so one hour fifteen or so to the break, and then came back and did another. And was hour it, or so. it was it did it seem too long? Because um, it's a long time for a one stand-up comedian. Yeah, and it was just it was constant one-liners. It yeah, wasn't sort that's of a, that's a style, but isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it wasn't sort of long, drawn-out jokes. It was just one-liner after one-liner after one-liner. So it was really good. Um, really enjoyed it. I do love stand-up. We mm. went to one. We went to we, we went to go to the boy with tape on the face, but our friend bought tickets to the wrong concert. Nice. So we went to one a stand-up before boys the other night, and they had the, it was the main show, I think it was. And I love good stand-up. I love laughing, John. Mm. I love a laugh. Mm. You love a laugh? Nah, he was he was pretty good. Had a bit of Cards Against Humanity again with some people on Saturday night. Have you played that yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm good yeah. at it, John. I'm really good at it. Because you know what? You just be crass. Yeah. you just got to go as dirty as you think. If you That's the key to it. If you haven't seen it, it's quite a good good little card game to play. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Other than that. How's the training going, John? Because you're looking fit. Looks can be deceiving. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just ticking over. We're trying to do something every day. Something every day. What's the goal? Sorry. What's the goal? No goal at the moment. Just the ticking problem. along. You need you. John needs I a know. challenge. I do. <sighs> Bevan, what's happening in your world? What's happening in my world, John? Well, it's a pretty exciting time because. <laughs> I'm going away. I'm going to Auckland. I'm going to go. I'm going to Australia. Good. In about two weeks, maybe three weeks. Going to go. I'm doing this trip to Australia where I go. Friday, Perth. Right. Saturday, a Adelaide. Long way to get to Perth, yeah. Maybe Saturday, Brisbane. Or oh, no, you go Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane, wouldn't you? Don't know. You go anywhere. I don't know which way I'm going. Mm. But all within three days. Nice. And then back home. It's going to be a lot of time in the aeroplane. It will be a lot of time in the aeroplane, won't it? Because mm. Perth's ages, isn't it? Perth is the other end Why of the world. Why did I say yes to Perth? Mm. I should have gone Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking Okay so I'm going to Adelaide That's pretty cool um, I, I, uh, Cricket I'm loving the cricket mm-hmm. yep. um, I'm loving we're winning the cricket But the problem is They're just walkovers So it's kind of Yeah we haven't had a competition Have we yeah. Although No Did you watch the, the Grand Home Yes I did see that, that was good yes. That was pre- that was the one time We had a competition Again and American listeners Loving oh, us They love the cricket John Yeah Do you watch the Super Bowl It's going to be in the next couple of weeks Do not I was no one says I've got zero interest. I love highlights of American football, but wouldn't have a clue what's going okay, on. Okay, so John, I'm, I'm, I'm don't you. commentate on Americans. I'll just think you're oh, a tool. Oh, John, they know I love. I'm. Oh, if I'm not showing you my what's the name of the league NFL, yeah. I'm not showing you my tattoo. Right. <laughs> so I, I've never really watched that much American football. Yeah. I find it a bit too much of a slow game, mm-hmm. um, but it's an interesting game. But last year, John, I did watch the Super Bowl, and it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Seriously, because it was, I think it was the greatest comeback of all time. Mm-hmm. And one team, I think it was the Falcons, mm-hmm. the Falcons were playing the Patriots. New England Patriots. Yeah, and who's who's the legend? Brady? 
Yeah. Tom Brady. And the Falcons and the Americans, are up. You're just going to be going, what? He doesn't know what he's talking they're about. Saying, they're saying this is better than ESPN right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like the new Bill Simmons. See, they all know what right. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, and they were playing, John. And the Falcons were, for, like, the last quarter, had the game won. Uh, the, the only way they could lose it is if they were idiots. And idiots they were, John. <laughs> the and coming out of Basically, me. they came back. The Brady, yeah. he's called the Goat John. Right. Do you remember what the Goat was? Yeah, I do. You told me last week. <laughs> what is it? Come on. Greatest of all time. Yeah. There you go. And, uh, and he came back. And it, uh, seriously, it was, it was great sport. It really was quite fun. What are you looking at? I'm not interested in American football. I'm just looking at my emails. Do you like basketball? Okay, if you had to choose an American, American sport. sports highlights. But basketball and gridiron probably two of the best. Well, no, there's a lot of rugby's probably the same. I just haven't really watched them. Hockey? No. Have you ever been to American sport? No. Is it, would you go? Yep. I'm giving you good answers here, aren't I? This really? is like talking to a child. How's your day? <laughs> story, good. Story of my life. How's your day? Good. What was school like today? Good. Oh, it does your head in, doesn't yeah. it? And you try to ask even more interesting and questions. And they still manage to come back with good. One syllable. You, John, your kids aren't even teenagers yet. No. How old are your kids? Uh, they are eight and ten. Oh, mate, you don't even know. Because <laughs> right now you get good with some energy. Yeah. When you get to teenager, ask me a question. How's your day at school today, Bevan? Good. <laughs> so it totally changes yeah. but the good news is John there's hope at the end of the tunnel now I ask my daughter a question I get a bloody 30 minutes answer so yeah. it comes back around gotcha. anyway John let's wrap it up I'm Russ I'm Endo train hard train smart kick, kick up. Up.